0: Hello, and welcome to the Healthy Gamer Girl podcast. This is Liz, the Healthy Gamer Girl, and we are on episode 7. It's crazy. As a caveat, I am not a doctor, and this podcast is not meant to be taken as medical advice, but rather is informational in nature. Please always consult with your physician before beginning any new diet or health regimen. So today, I thought I would talk about um, beginner low-carb diet kind of tips and mistakes, and basically, this is because the most popular podcast I've had so far was on low-carb diets, which is cool because I'm actually really passionate about those just because it's, it's kind of my lifestyle and, you know, you you'll like to get in, involved in these things. Um, so just as a quick overview again, low-carb is kind of a general term for a diet or lifestyle, it typically just means diets that are less than the recommended um, 300 grams a day of carbohydrates. Uh, This is usually on the much lower end, I tend to see low carb kind of around 150 grams or less. So I mean half of what the government recommends that we we take in carbohydrates. Uh, Just a quick refresher on some terms, a ketogenic diet is a form of a low carb diet that's very kind of extreme in terms of how many carbs it's super super low and it's in order to kind of jumpstart your body to be in a state of ketosis and that is where your body runs solely on fat instead of carbohydrates. It's often used as a medical intervention in cases like epilepsy and multiple sclerosis and last time I linked to a uh, TED talk by Dr. Terry Walls and I will link to this again just because she is so incredible and so amazing. Another kind of term used to describe low-carb diets is LCHF, or low-carb, high-fat, and this is exactly what it sounds like. Your fat intake is far higher than your carbohydrate intake. And from what I understand, this originated a while back in Europe. I just remember um, a few years ago, I used to watch this YouTube channel called LCHF William, and I'll link to that too. I don't think He's actually made new videos in a few years, but he does have great recipes and some general information on LCHF, which is more or less the kind of diet and lifestyle I follow, and so it's pretty interesting. Um, LCHF really doesn't have any caveats except that you should pretty much avoid sugars and starches and focus on eating veggies, protein, and lots of healthy fats derived from fish, eggs, cheese, avocados, olives, coconuts, and meats. So it's it's pretty broad, which is nice. It's not restrictive, you never feel like you're being deprived, you just eat good food. Um, along these lines, let's just kind of jump into how you get started on a low-carbohydrate diet. And there's pretty much two ways. You can either jump in cold turkey or wean yourself off your current diet. So, so far, no-brainer, like you probably figured that. Uh, The benefits of going cold turkey are that some people can't moderate. And I'm one of those people to a degree, or I was one of those people, where it's like if there's a a package of like carby (laughs) cookies or pretty much anything candy in front of me, I had a really difficult time just stopping at one, or at a few, or at one serving. It would be like if I saw it in front of me, or if it was in the cabinet, I would just obsess over it and think about it and know it was there and want to eat the whole thing, just like everything until it's gone. And I have no idea why that is, but I know I'm not alone in that. So for people like that, going cold turkey is probably the best option, and that's essentially how I started the first time, was just cleared out my pantry basically ate everything that was carby (laughs) within a few days and then um kind of started fresh and not everything like I still have boxes of gluten-free pasta and like various things that like bags of quinoa that I'll that are they store forever so I'm not gonna go through them might as well keep them there but I at least got all the perishable carby things Out of my fridge, out of my freezer, and then kind of just replenished with all new, like, more protein and fat-rich things and different vegetables. Well, not even different vegetables. I actually eat the exact same vegetables. Anyway, um, if this works for you, go for it. It can be kind of jarring for some people, which is why I think most people kind of do like a weaning off sort of thing where it's a slow and steady transition from eating your high carb diet into eating a low carb diet. This is less of a shock to your system. You won't experience what's known as like low carb or keto flu, which is where. Your body's adjusting to the lack of sugar, to a different um, electrolyte balance, and you have headaches, and you're grumpy, and you feel like crap, basically. And it passes. It does pass, but it's really not fun. So sometimes kind of tapering down can be really good. And for this, I would definitely recommend getting some sort of app for your phone or your computer, whatever it is, if you don't have a smartphone. It might be one of those Luddite holdouts good for you I couldn't do it um but my fitness pal is the one that I use which is great because it's desktop and there's an app for your phone and it's free so it's pretty fabulous um what I like about my fitness pal is you can actually just set it to like tell you I want to eat this many grams of carbohydrates every day and it'll give you little updates and warnings when you input your food which is cool but that'll also help you kind of taper down and figure out where you're happiest. That's a really weird pronunciation. But where you're happiest eating. Um, and that, for for me, I eat between like 30 and 60 net carbohydrates a day. Um, and just as a reminder, net carbs are the total carbs in food minus fiber. So these are the, carbohydrate, the grams of carbohydrates that actually impact your blood sugar, whereas fiber isn't digested by you so much as either you select push stuff through or soluble fiber is um, digested by your gut bacteria so like it's not you doing it so it doesn't really impact your blood sugar. Um, If you're in Europe your packaging probably already labels food like this so the carbs on your food are the net carbs. Um, If you're in America that is not the case so total carbs are listed just subtract the fiber from it and you have your net so it's like if you see a protein bar that has five grams of total carbohydrates but three grams of fiber, there's only two grams of like usable carbohydrates there, so two net carbs. Um, moving right along into some beginner mistakes. So once you've established yourself, whether going cold turkey or you've tapered down and now you're officially eating low-carb, there are some things that you might want to watch out for. And I actually very recently wrote a very quick uh blog post on this but I thought that it was worth having an actual podcast because sometimes it's helpful just to sort of have more like elucidation on an issue. So the number one mistake that I see with people eating low-carb diets is avoiding vegetables and it's just it's silly to avoid veggies because they're carbohydrates or because it's calories that are going to push you over just don't do it. Just eat your vegetables. <laughs> and this is because veggies contain vitamins and minerals, which are completely necessary for so many functions in your body. These vitamins and these minerals are cofactors in basically everything that goes on. So you really, really need to be eating your vegetables. Otherwise, your body's just not going to function optimally, which means your metabolism won't work properly. Your organ systems, your endocrine system, your brain, Basically, literally everything in your body needs these vitamins and minerals. So just eat your veggies. And kind of a myth with vegetables is that they are very high in carbohydrates. And this isn't entirely true. There are some vegetables, yes, like tomatoes and um, like sweet potatoes, starchy vegetables, which are really tubers. But like tomatoes, carrots, those are pretty high in carbohydrates. But in the end of the day like a serving of them, is not by any means going to ruin your diet. Like, don't be worried about the carbs from veggies ruining, and that's in quotes, ruining your diet. They're just, it's not going to do that. And furthermore, a cup of raw spinach, for example, only has two point two net grams of carbohydrates. So dark leafy greens, dark vegetables, cruciferous vegetables are pretty low in carbohydrates. So that's like cauliflower, that's cabbage, it's broccoli. They're all super good for you. They've got sulfur compounds, which help to detoxify your body and support your liver liver function, your liver, your liver with a V function. So it's pretty important to get these in there. And as I said, like a cup of spinach only has 0.2 grams of net carbohydrates. So if you have a salad with like Five cups of spinach, that's the one gram from the spinach. It's pretty great. So you get so many benefits for pretty low carb intake. Moving right along, the second biggest mistake I see when you're starting low-carb diets, and this is from clients, this is from coworkers, this is from friends, just across the board. And that's consuming artificial sweeteners. And it's a crutch that we all tend to rely on because you think, oh, I'll just avoid the sugar in this and instead I'll have a sucralose sweetened soda or I'll just put a ton of sugar alcohols into these cookies and it's going to taste great and I'm not even going to notice and my body's not even going to digest it. It's perfect. And that's not all entirely true. So there's been a lot of evidence recently that artificial sweeteners are so damaging to your gut bacteria, also called your microbiome. So we don't know really how important your microbiome is, only that it's Basically, like the most important aspect of your, like your, um, digestive health. Well, yeah, you know what I'll say it. The most important aspect of digestive health. So and it impacts not only your weight and your physical health, but your mental health as well. So having a healthy microbiome is incredibly important, which is why I push probiotics a lot and fermented foods, and why I think consuming artificial sweeteners is so detrimental. Um, So artificial sweeteners have been shown to screw up your hunger signals as well and also to increase consumption of food and cause sugar binges because it's setting up your body to really want all of these these carbs and then your body doesn't get the sugar so it's still sending signals to you that's saying, no, we need this, we want this now, you promised it and we don't have it. So basically it leads to binges. Um, And... Beyond that, there's now research that shows that some artificial sweeteners like sucralose, which um, is marketed under the brand name Splenda, actually does metabolize. So some artificial sweeteners do metabolize. So that completely defeats the, uh, the point of it if you're actually metabolizing these artificial sweeteners. Um, and along those lines, more research that's pretty new, and again, I'll link to all these, shows that artificial sweeteners also raise blood sugar, which I mean goes hand in hand with metabolizing. So that's, like, the complete opposite of what you want to achieve on a low-carbohydrate diet. So if you want to avoid having these blood sugar spikes and killing your microbiome and going on weird sugar binges and and actually being kicked out of, like, this fat-burning mode, you should just avoid consuming artificial sweeteners. And see, those are all reasons that I listed that don't even mention neurotoxicity or potential cancer-causing I was excited that I managed to make a solid argument against them without bringing in all these really controversial things. But um, that's another mistake I often see. It's people drinking a ton of diet soda to try and eating like a lot of like low carb, like artificially sweetened with sucralose protein bars. Um, Now, that's not to say that all non sugar sweeteners are created equal. I do use small amounts of stevia in a lot of like baking or sometimes in my tea if I really feel like I need it. And stevia is not an artificial sweetener so to speak. It's derived from a leaf and in fact you can actually still use it in leaf form like I like to put whole leaves of stevia in tea to sweeten it, which is pretty pretty awesome. You feel like a little alchemist there, herbalist. But um Yeah, so stevia doesn't really impact blood sugar. It's got, like, such, such, such a minimal, like, minute impact that you're pretty safe consuming it. Um, So, yeah, stevia I don't consider to be an artificial sweetener. What I'm talking about is sucralose, aspartame, acesulfame potassium, if I can talk, and that's acesulfame K on labels. Uh, Saccharin, which I guess is probably still out there. It's, like, it's sweet and low. Um, So it's that kind of thing. And finally, the last mistake I tend to see on low-carbohydrate diets are just not keeping track of what you eat. So not everybody um, goes on a low-carb diet to lose weight, but there are a lot of people that do. And when they do this, there's a lot floating out there that says, like, calories don't matter, and it's all a myth and that your body won't store extra fat calories if you're on a low-carb diet. And that's not entirely true. So it is true that not every calorie is created equal. For instance, your body does something totally different with a calorie from kale than it does with a calorie from a Dorito. So eating an equivalent amount of calories of salad or like kale or lettuce or carrots is totally different than mowing down on Doritos. Your body's gonna take those things because they're so different and do completely separate things with them. That's not to say that you can't overeat on a low carb diet. You can easily overeat. The calorie balance or energy balance, rather, which is calories in, calories out, does sort of kind of play a role here. The benefits of low carb diets is that fat tends and um, protein tend to be more satiating than carbohydrates. So you'll fill up faster. You won't be tempted to eat as much. Your blood sugar will be far more normal. You won't need. You won't have these like binge impulses or this weird need to consume a sh- crap ton of sugar like that's the be- that that's where like the weight loss comes in also um on a low carb diet you do lose a lot of water weight from inflammation because grains sugars all super inflammatory but um so not keeping track of what you eat if I could get back on track here So it's basically you just have to be mindful of what you're eating. You don't necessarily need to count calories, but mindless eating is still mindless eating. And so if you're sitting there with a jar of peanut butter, and I'm not accusing, that's actually something that I do pretty frequently is like form the basis of a meal with a jar of like peanut butter or sunflower seed butter. And you can lose track so very quickly of how much you're actually eating. And then if you don't realize how much you've been eating throughout the day, it just adds up basically. Um, so it's more or less just think about what you're putting in your body. If you need to track it at first with again an app like MyFitnessPal or Lose It, and I'm sure there's a million other apps out there, um, go for it because I think it's really important to have a level of awareness of what you're putting in your body. So along those lines, I do think it's important to kind of track what you're eating, at least at first, just to see what you're eating and where your set point is. And then once you kind of have a better idea of what a serving of something is, you can get away from tracking. But it's just, that just helps you be successful, essentially, is if you know what you're eating, you know what's going in your body, um, and that way you won't be surprised when you've gained a pound on low carb because you ate an entire jar of peanut butter in two days, which, again, I have totally done, but it's it's not necessarily condoned. Um, so enough about mistakes. We're gonna end this on a positive note and just talk about setting yourself up for success on a low carb diet, and this is so simple. A lot of this is really straightforward, but it's these little things that you might forget until the last minute. So the first thing is just keep low carb snacks handy at all times, and this is kind of twofold. On the one hand, it just helps you because you might not always be in an area where you can get these these kind of things. Like maybe I used to work in a bakery when I was on a low carb diet, and that was if you forgot your lunch, you're kind of screwed because like it's all baked goods and carbohydrates. Like literally everything around me was a carbohydrate. Um, so having like nuts or seaweed snacks or jerky or protein bars on you is really important. And you can just keep them in your car or your bag or your desk. It doesn't really matter. Just make sure that wherever you are, you have access to this. And the second part of that is just it can prevent a binge when, like, you're in a surprise food situation. You know, all your friends are like, oh, we're, like, getting takeout. Do you want to come along? And, like... Maybe it's, like, pizza takeout they're getting, and you're like, oh, there's nothing on the menu, I can eat there. But you don't want to be a jerk and just say, like, oh, I can't eat there, so I'm not coming. Just, like, go along, get a salad, and supplement with some of the snacks you've got. That's really helpful. It's also great for, like, office parties. You're like, oh, it's someone's birthday, and you weren't hungry before, but suddenly you're like, oh, man, now I do want some cake. It's just, like, a really good way to kind of satisfy that craving. Um, the second tip I have is just to plan ahead. And again, it sounds like a no brainer, but if you write out what you want to eat and it doesn't have to be exact, but just say like, oh, Monday, I think I'm going to have like eggplant parm for dinner. Tuesday, I really wanted to do like lettuce tacos. Like, you know, you make like a little shell out of the, a big like butter lettuce leaf. Just write it down. When you go shopping, buy stuff so that you can do all of those dinners. And then it just makes your life that much easier. Um along those lines, batch cooking is also great. So if you are doing like a low-carb eggplant parm, make so much of it that you have enough for like two to three meals. And that way you can bring it to work, you can just have it for dinner, and it's so easy. You're just making your life easier. And then um my like next little quick no-brainer tip is just to take an easy dish like scrambled eggs and Think of like four to five different variations of it. So you could do like olives and feta and spinach and artichokes and now you have, or artichoke hearts, and now you have a Mediterranean type omelet or like salsa and cheddar and there you go. It's like a Southwest omelet, like a lazy Southwest omelet. But just think of a few variations to make your life that much simpler and to like keep things from getting boring. Because if you get bored, if all you do every day is make plain scrambled eggs in the morning and then your lunch is the same thing, your snacks are all the same thing, you're going to get so bored and you're going to be so much more tempted to cheat or to just go have a binge on anything that doesn't taste like what you've been eating. So it's just quick and easy. Set yourself up for success. And the final piece of advice is just download a fitness app. And I know I've said this at least twice during this podcast and I don't... So I don't make any money. I'm not like an affiliate with any fitness apps. I just really think that they're great. Um, so just download a fitness app so you can keep track of what you're eating and again this isn't to track your calories or be super obsessive about your macronutrient ratios which you can do if you want. There's nothing wrong with that but um, not, it's not for everyone. It's just so you have a general idea of what you're eating and what you're putting in your body and you can have this greater consciousness about it and then Basically, you'll be more successful in your health and fitness goals. And that's basically it. That's more or less all I have to say. Like, a quick recap. Beginner um, low-carb mistakes are avoiding veggies, consuming artificial sweeteners, and not keeping track of what you eat. And some quick tips for success are keep a lot of low-carb snacks handy basically at all times. Plan ahead for a week and do a big shop. And then also, like, batch cook and then take one dish that you know how to make, like, back to front, like you're an expert in it, and just change up the ingredients or your mix-ins so that you have a few different options and don't get bored. And finally, download a fitness app. My fitness pal, lose it. Um, if I, I'll link to some more in the show notes. And I think you'll basically be pretty successful in low-carb. After you do it for a week or so, you start to realize it's not hard, and by the time you've been doing it for two weeks to a month, it's like second nature, and honestly, you don't even notice anymore. And now that I've been eating low-carb for a few years, on and off, like, I've, I've had periods where I've definitely fallen, um, but I almost don't even think about it anymore. I'm not even tempted by anything, like, it's baked goods that are made with a ton of sugar actually smell kind of weird to me, like, too sweet. So you too will be that annoying person who's like, oh, I can only have a few strawberries because these are really sweet when all your friends kind of roll their eyes. But it's okay because you'll be healthier and you'll be happier for it. At least if you're like me. No promise, no guarantee. We're all different, but I definitely feel better on low carb. Anyway, I'll wrap this up. Um, I'm going to post links and those TED Talks that I talked about and some recipes and all of that in the show notes, which you can find at healthygamergirl.com slash show notes. And again, those are always available and we'll have lots of resources for you to look at. One more time, that is healthygamergirl.com slash show notes. And if you go to healthygamergirl.com, you can sign up for my newsletter and find out when there are new podcasts or new recipes up on my blog or any kind of musings and information, links to news stories, lots of fun stuff. So again, healthygamergirl.com. I hope that you guys have a fantastic week. If you have any comments or questions, you can leave me a comment or a review on iTunes or on Stitcher. Um, Questions, you can direct to me through the website or Instagram or Twitter or Facebook, pretty much anywhere that I'm I'm there and email even. And yeah, I hope you have a fabulous and healthy week and that you get to enjoy basically all the things that make you happy. That's also super important. So signing off, this is Liz and have a great week.